We come to part two of uh, man's free will and uh, also God's sovereignty. Okay, so we studied last week about man's salvation in that respect. Now this week we want to answer another part of man's free will. Uh, the question that was submitted is this. Do we have free will? Do we have free will? Of course, when you ask parents, parents say children do not have free will. <laughs> do we have free will? All right, jokes aside. Now, the reason why the person asks this question is, if God's will is always done, then do we have free will? Right? Because we know that God is sovereign and all of God's um, decrees, all of God's will, of all, everything that God wants to do will always come to pass. Now, in order for that to come to pass, then men are involved. Then if God's will always gets done, then do I really have free will? Because if I have free will, then I can do what I want, then I can disrupt God's plan, right? So if God is in total control, sovereignly, and His will is always done, then I guess I don't have free will, right? I'm kind of like a robot that God manipulates, and whatever I do, God manipulates, and is His will, and His will finally gets done. So that's the question, all right? That's the question. Now, maybe I'll ask very quickly, um, do you think men have free will, knowing that God is in absolute control and His will is always done? Enoch, what do you think? Men do not have free will. Wait, what do you eat for breakfast this morning? What do you eat for breakfast this morning? Egg, alright? Did God control you to eat the egg? How do you choose to eat the egg this morning? You don't have a choice. Mommy and daddy controls. Egg for breakfast, so I eat. So we do choose, right? Ife, Ife is having a good laugh. Ife, do you think you have free will? Now, Ife, did you, um, did you, when you want to play with a toy, right? I presume you play with some toys, right? Do you choose what you want to play with? It's up to you, right, Ife? So, Yifei said, I have free will. Now, how do we think about that? Matthew, what do you think? God is always in control. Whatever Matthew does, God's will still gets done. So, Matthew, do you think you have free will? <laughs> Matthew said, I don't have free will. I'm feeling very sad now. <laughs> All right? Not only daddy and mommy controls, then now I realize God also controls everything that I do. Looks like everything that I do is not my will. Now, how do we think? All right? Now, first and foremost, we want to look at some... Now, how, how do we know that God is in absolute control? Because, for example, the Westminster Confession of Faith rightly points out, God from all eternity did by His most wise and holy counsel of His own will, freely and uh, unchangeably ordain whatsoever comes to pass. Whatever God wants to come to pass will finally come to pass. It will not change, all right? What he intends to be the outcome, it will be the outcome. Okay, so for example, we read some, um, another one that tells us God, the creator, the great creator of all things, doth uphold, direct. Ah, maybe what, what uh, Matthew wanted to play, God directed you. Direct, dispose, means stop and govern all creatures. So God, the great creator, upholds, direct and stops and governs all creatures' actions and things 
also, things also. From the greatest even to the least, means the smallest thing, the smallest thing in human life. By his most wise and holy providence, according to his infallible foreknowledge and the, and the free and immutable counsel of his own will. Again, God freely decides what he wants to do and he controls everything. Everything is under his absolute control, big or small things. And all this is to the praise of the glory of his wisdom, power, justice, goodness, and truth. All right, to his glory, and he does this out of justice, goodness, and mercy. Now, how do we know that? Because the Bible says so, not Westminster Confession says so. Westminster Confession just summarizes and helps us understand. Isaiah 46.10, God himself says, says this, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do my pleasure means it's always god's pleasure god's will that gets done and his counsel will always stand so whatever you try to do to disturb god's will you try to say i do my free will well it's not going to work then furthermore ephesians 1 11, the bible tells us in whom in god huh, also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Here again, God says all things are predestinated according to his small knowledge and works according to his purpose and he works all things according to his own will. He decides, his own counsel means he decides and he makes it happen. So with all this in the Bible, the person reads it and says, well, then, then really do men have free will? Do men have free will? So I try again, all right? What do you think? Um, um, all right, I... Uh, Isaac. Phoebe. What do you think? Do you have free will? Because God said everything is under his control. When you go to school, Phoebe, do you make your own choices? What you want, what you're going to do, who you're going to talk to? Okay. So do you have free will? Looks like you're free to do anything, right? If you're free to do anything, then why does God eventually still has His will done? So this is the thing that um, people constantly um, get confused with, all right? Now, I think we need to have some definitions because when we don't, then we don't know what we are talking about. Now, what is free will? The thing is, we are talking about the theological uh, Christian definition, right? So people may use free will, whatever, but this is what we mean when we say free will. So Christians, you must understand when we talk about free will. What are we talking about? Free will, when it's said in Christianity, should be understood as this, the capability and power to will and to do what pleases God power, capability to do and will what pleases God, and at the same time, the, capable, the uh, capability to, of disobedience as well. In other words, free to perfectly, uh, this is the key word, free to perfectly choose good and free to perfectly choose to disobey evil. That is the, when we say free will, but the strict definition should be that. That man can perfectly choose to obey God, and when he perfectly chooses to obey God, means when he chooses to obey God, it is sinless perfection in obedience. Right? Say, God, I obey you to, 
to glorify you. In there, there is no personal agenda at all. In there is perfect, right? Now, in other words, Adam and Eve, before the fall, are the only people that really have free will. When Adam and Eve were being tested in the Garden of Eden, God gave them free will. They can freely, perfectly choose to obey God sinlessly and also to disobey God. Now, we studied last week, men fell, all right? Men fell. And when men fell, the Bible tells us that no, not one chooses God. No, none can, un- no, none will understand. Means no one, no, no one has now the power to freely choose God perfectly. In fact, you won't even choose God. And even if you want to do something that God, he thinks, uh, God thinks, says I should do this, he can never do it perfectly anymore because of the fall. All right? So the will, that free will is corrupted. Men have, over here, become totally depraved. Means absolutely helpless to, and powerless when it comes to spiritual matters. Absolutely hopeless and powerless. That is what we mean by totally depraved to choose and to choose God and to do and to obey God perfectly. That is the meaning of total depravity. So after the fall, free will was lost. Adam and Eve became totally depraved and therefore we totally depraved. So when you hear totally depraved, we are not talking about every human being will only go out and burn and rape and steal and kill. All right? Totally depraved when used in the theological term means when it comes to spiritual matters, He's totally unable to choose good and, to, and even if he tries, he can't do it perfectly anymore. So, became totally depraved after the fall. Now, the one word that I think we need to learn theologically is free agent. Free agent. When Phoebe went to school, she chose to do whatever she wanted to do. When um, Ife wanted to look at all her toys, what shall I play today? Right? She was totally free to choose whatever she wants to play with. Enoch, whatever he wants to eat, supposing that there are many things spread before him. Right? Now, the term that we should be using is free agent. Free agent. Now, what is free agent? Man can freely choose to make his own decisions. Who do I want to talk to in school? What do I want to eat for breakfast? If I have a choice, right? For children. And um, choose what they wish to do as they please. I like this. This pleases me. All right? So I do this. Act according to their desires and inclination. Mm, my desire, my inclination, I tend to like this. I tend to want to do this. And then you just go ahead and do it. Now, men are all free agent. So God, when, when we say we have no more free will, we are not saying that we are no longer free agents as well. All right? God did not create us like that. God did not make us like that after the fall. That is why humans go about and make their own choices. Now, that's why men fall, men's choices um, often lead them to sin as well. So, we no longer can freely choose God um, and, and choose to do good perfectly. That is what it means. So, when we say, do, does men have free will and all that, we have to be clear about our definition, right? Now, in other words, everything that God will bring to pass will come to pass while we are free agents. We can do whatever we want, our inclinations. But God's end will still be achieved. That is what it means. Okay, now, so we saw this. God is in absolute control. 
um, God declares the end from the beginning, that is in uh, the Bible. So man is free agent. An example of free agent. Acts 2.23, you know this verse very well. Him, which is Christ, being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Now, it's a perfect example of God's um, will will always be done and man is free as a free agent to do what he wills to do. So here, for example, Christ, that Christ would, would be delivered to the cross, that Christ will be crucified, that Christ will die. Now, this is not the will of man. This was told to mankind. When man fell, immediately God said, this is what's going to happen. Now, God says it's his determinate counsel. means God determinate, God determines it. It is his idea, his counsel, his thoughts. And the foreknowledge of God means this is what God wants to do. He knows beforehand, and that is what he's going to do. His foreknowledge is not God knows that you're going to do it. And therefore now he, he said, well, well, I know you're going to do it, so that's what, what I, I think I know. No, God already knows what he wants to do, whatever man will, will do, he also knows. All right, so his, his foreknowledge is not determined by you, but his foreknowledge is whatever you want to do, he knows. Okay? So not, he, he knows later on after you've done it. So, and, and by wicked hands have, and sorry, and ye, see, one is, and God, him, right? Foreknowledge of God. Then he turns to free agent. Ye, you want the Jews, you, you wanted your inclination, your desire was to crucify Jesus Christ. You, you did it. And it's your wicked hands. So it also emphasizes what God determines is always just, all right? All right, you see here, right? Um, what God determines at the last part is always just, is always good, is always merciful. It's never wicked. But when you look at this verse, God says, what I, that me sending Christ to be crucified is just, all right, is good, is merciful, all right? And then he says, but you, your actions, your free agent actions is wicked. So God is never the author of wickedness. God did not say, well, I need Jesus to die, you know. I need my son to die. So I need to make men do wicked things. All right, you, okay, I put it in your heart to wickedly betray Christ, to wickedly kill Jesus. God is not the author of that. The sinful free agent heart wants to do that. Nothing to do with God making him want to do sinful things. He, by their own wicked hands, their own wicked imaginations, their own wicked thought, will want to do it. And God simply permit man to do that. His plan is also fulfilled. All right? So that must be clear. That must be clear. Now, then the next thing. Man is free agent. Now, then we must now think about the believer, the believer. Are you just purely a free agent? Now, the Westminster Confession rightly tells us, and we look at the Bible verses, when God converts a sinner and translates him into a state of grace, he frees him from his natural bondage under sin and by his grace alone enables him freely to will ah, and to do that which is spiritually good. Yet so as that by reason of his remaining corruption, he doth not perfectly, nor only 
will that which is good, but doth also will that which is evil. Now, what is the Bible telling us here? Being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. Right? Now, what is the Westminster summarizing the Bible to tell us? When God saved you, God said he made you free from sin. Remember when, you, when man fell, we inherit the sinful nature? Now, this free will is gone. But God says, I free you from that bondage. Ye became servants of righteousness. Now you can actually serve. You can actually choose. And you can actually choose to do what is good. And you can actually do it. You can serve righteousness when you are saved. So here, it rightly describes when God saves you, Christian, if you are saved, God does something by His grace. The natural bondage under sin where you cannot not choose, you have no free will to choose that which is good or do that which is good. Now, God fixed that problem. By His grace alone, now you can freely will to do that which is spiritually good. Now, something has changed. You will will to do what is good. That is why, how do you know you are saved? Well, if you do it simply because your parents force you to, simply to show people, then you must question because now it's something that you freely will. There is a genuine desire. You want to obey God. You want to follow Him. Okay? Now, but there is a problem. Yet, so as that by reason of remaining corruption, we are in the flesh. As long as we are in the flesh, the Bible tells us in Romans, the flesh will continue to, well, that sinful part is still there, will continue to, to fall. Now, because of that, then you does no longer perfectly choose or only choose that which is good. So now, after the fall, your free will is restored. But the problem, the flesh is still there. There is this conflict, right? Conflict. And you no longer only choose, you don't only choose um, good. And when you do good, because of the flesh that is present, it can, it can taint, it can, it can um, corrupt the good that you do. So that is on earth. Now, when we reach heaven, this will, the sinful flesh is gone, you are, and one day we have the perfect glorious body as well. Now, in that state, there is no flesh present, the sinful flesh present, then you will only choose good, and you will only do good, and when you do good, it's perfect, because there's nothing to taint it. Right? That is the final state. So on earth, when the Christians say, do I have free will? Then I'll ask you now. So, um, young uh, Anna, uh, Anna Wang, do you have free will as a Christian? Say again. Can't hear you, sorry. You have? So you have free will now. You agree? Okay, she did not commit. Maybe I try another one. Uh, let me see. Uh, Gracia, do you have free will? You don't have free will. Okay. Why do you say that? You still what? Sorry? You, I can't hear you. I'm sorry. God still controls and, and what you think and you choose. But, but here God says now enables you to freely choose because like here, you see, God says, um, 
that you can. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with the same mind. So God says, I give you a new mind, and with that mind, you, you can actually choose to suffer like Christ. So God says we can, all right? God says we can. So we do, the Christian who is saved, you have your free will restored. But the problem is, it is, now the flesh is present, and that will be the struggle with that free will. And you could no longer, as I think the Westminster well puts it, um, yet so by reason of his remaining corruption, the flesh, he doth not perfectly. All right? It's that free will, by definition, if they talk about strictly that free will, you can perfectly choose and perfectly accomplish. All right? It's no longer that kind of free will but is restored to a great extent, but marred, but marred, all right? So in that sense, yes and no, but it is restored, but marred form, in a, in a um, not a perfect form yet, yet, all right? So the Christian can no longer say, well, I have no free will, I inherited the, the fallen nature, and then I can only choose evil, daddy and mommy, sorry, eh? uh, please don't try and punish me because I'm like that. You cannot say that anymore if you're truly safe, then God says, you have the semblance of that original free will, though not perfect. Okay, so now with that, with that understanding, then now we talk about this. All right, so earlier we talked, uh, man, um, um, yet so, thereby neither is God the author of sin, nor is violence offered of the will of the creatures, nor is the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away, but rather established. So all he's saying is, now, Man is a free agent. Christian, well, we have somewhat the free will restored. Now, but whatever we do and whatever God does to accomplish His will, God never is the one that forces us to do anything evil. I repeat, God does not force you to do anything evil. Whenever you do evil as a Christian, you're flesh. Whenever you do anything evil as an unbeliever, you're free agent, all right? You're always responsible for that. Now, so here, no man can, can complain. Huh? Well, um, when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. But God say, God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. God does not make any man be tempted with sin to do sin. All right, so we know the other verses. Now, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. The Bible says that. So we cannot say, well, God, you know, all this wickedness that happened in this world, you... If you're in control, then you must be responsible. But God says there's no darkness in him at all. Now, the Christian must accept that. That whatever sinful man does is the, is the responsibility of sinful man's heart. Never God. So, you must not struggle with that. Right? God, in God, there's no darkness. So, with that as a background, now we come to this. God is in control while man is free agent. Now, how does God work? When we see in the Bible, when we look at in the Bible, when God works, we can see like kind of three ways. One, man is not free to do as he, as he pleases. There are occasions in the Bible where God propels, God prevents, all right? He, 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 oppose, he disposes as well. So sometimes God will move man to do something. That is why he is God. So although man is a free agent, you see in scriptures, there are occasions where the free agent wants to do what is his inclinations, but God forced him to do the opposite. 
All right, we'll see that. So God does work this way. But please remember, uh, when God propels a man, God never propels a man to do evil. Never. When men do evil, it's always men's wickedness. Whenever God intervenes and makes men do something, it's always non-sinful things. Now, then the second scenario, man free to do as he pleases and God permits. All right? So one is God propels, one God prevents, and the other one God permits. So God has an end plan. God has a plan. And throughout, God's will will always be done. Then man as a free agent in there, I choose to eat this, I choose to go there, I choose to say this, I choose to do that to someone. Well, man freely does and God permits it. God doesn't intervene to, to control. But yet his will is also always accomplished throughout the situation. All right? So that is another kind of situation we see in the Bible. Then the third kind is man's free action incurs chastisement. Means now, man freely does things. All right? And we must acknowledge that free agent doesn't make you free from accountability. And you, will end up, you end up walking into God's chastative will. All right? The will of God will now be a will that is of chastisement. Instead of, of, of a good um, will of God, like this morning we learned Eli, right? Eli chose his own will. Do what he wants to do, how he wants to do it. End up in a chastative will of God. All right? So, means this. Oh, we see after this, all right? So, for example, how do we know? Now, man, in the case of the blue one, eh, the blue one, where God intervenes. Now, here is an example. Never to do evil. First Samuel 19.23, well, one day we learn this, and he, which is Saul, right? Saul, Saul wanted to kill David. He wanted to go and disrupt um, everything, all right? And he, and he, which is Saul, went thither to Naioth in Ramah, and the Spirit of God was upon him also. And he went on and prophesied until he came to Naioth in Ramah. So, the purpose of Saul was to go and curse David, kill David. He wanted to do all sorts of wicked things. But the Bible says the Spirit of God was upon him. Remember we studied the Holy Spirit doctrine? The Spirit of God come upon. Means now the Spirit of God controls. Controls. Controls and he went there and in the, instead of cursing, saying wicked things, slandering and killing David, he prophesied. Now all those way, he just keeps saying good things, prophesy. It thinks things that are what God wants him to say. It's like someone wants to go and, want to go and curse and kill someone. All he, all, along the way, he just say things that are opposite to what, what is in his heart. All right? Maybe people look, hey, hang on. We are, are we going there to kill him or not? <laughs> right? Are we going to, to mess up things or not? So can you make up your mind? So that was what happening. What was happening? So does God in certain situations, as, as much as many as a free agent, intervene? Yes, we see in the Bible. And another case where we have that also, Balak. Balak's anger was, uh, Balaam, sorry, Balak, Balak's anger was kindled against Balaam. And he smote, he sent together, he got so upset, Balak, at Balaam. And he said, I call thee to curse my enemies, and behold, thou hast altogether blessed them these three times. Three times, Balaam go there, want to get money, right? Okay, don't worry, give me money, I'll curse these people, right? I'm very powerful. All three times, every time he go there, he opened his mouth, only bless Israel. Say, so what's wrong with you? Right? So are there times where free agent, where God intervenes? Yes. But always, never about sinful things. So yes, God does do that. So in a sense, is man totally free? In a sense, no. 
right? But there are, but by and large, in all situations where God permits, God permits, well, I just keep using the same example, it's easier to explain. Well, God, in their free, in their free agency, they did whatever they want and God stepped back and let them do it. So at the same time, we also say that man does, man is a free agent. You cannot say that in every occasion, God controls. No, God has many. In fact, most of the time in the Bible, you see God permits men to act as they wish. Act as they wish. So maybe the question more now is, oh, the statement now is, God is in control while man is a free agent. That is the thing. God is in control by controlling. God is in control by not, by permitting. When he permits, means he's the one who is in control. He permits. That's why he's in control. Right? So, now, for example, are there examples? Man, God is in control, while man is free agent. Well, this is a classic example. Pharaoh saw that there was no respite. He hardened his heart and hearkened not unto the Lord. Right? He hardened. So, the Bible tells us, Pharaoh just keep doing things. And he just keep going against God. The Bible says Pharaoh was the one who did that. Pharaoh hardened his heart at, the, at this time also. Neither would he let his people go. It was Pharaoh. It was Pharaoh. So don't say that God wants to show his glory and then God only make, God made Pharaoh not release the people. God knows Pharaoh, Pharaoh won't release the people. But God says, For the same scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for the same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, that my name might be declared throughout the earth. All the earth. So what is God saying? God said, I have an intention to show my glory to the world. How to show? Great miracles. True or not? Yes. Rahab heard and said, wow, those miracles, amazing. I will show my glory to the world. And I know that you are a free agent and you, I already know that you want to do all this wickedness and you won't let my people go. And I will use that. I will use that. Your free agent behavior. I will use that to now, one case after another, keep showing miracles and His glory. All right? So that is how God works. So we must be clear. Now, but here is the thing that we must learn. Now, knowing that God is in control, that whatever we do, God's will will still be done. Now, but at the same time, then therefore the Christian must be clear about this. Man's free action incurs God's chastisement and judgment. Knowing as a Christian now, yes, God can control, but God also does not control. But God will never lose control, all right? Then you must know, yes, I can freely choose. But please know, when you choose to disobey God as a believer, there are consequences. Chastisements will occur. So the Christian must be aware. Don't keep saying, ah, whatever I do, no use, God will, God will, God's will will be done. Then I do whatever I want. No, there are consequences. So the Christian should not say, well, you know, don't worry, don't worry, Daniel, mommy, let me sin. God's works will still be done. Yes, it's true. <laughs> it's true. But when you sin, sin always has consequences. All right? Now, God is in control of many's free agent. Um, I think we have the consequence being shown. Now, Nathan has said to David, Thou art man. Thus said the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. Okay? Now, now therefore the sword shall never depart the house. Now, God says, um, Nathan says to David, You have fallen into sin. You chose to sin. 
God put you as the king of Israel. You chose to sin. Now, Israel, Christ will still come through Israel. Israel will not be demolished until God allowed it to, God himself kick, it, kick Israel out of the land of Israel. It will not happen. But God says, well, you chose to sin. Yes, my plans will never be thwarted, but David, I need you to know, the sword shall never depart from your house because you despised me. We learned that this morning. You committed adultery, you committed murder. So Christian, please don't think, well, you know, God's will will always be done, then let me just sin, it's all right. Well, the sword will never leave your house. David's life was miserable. God's will be done, yes. Why do you want to choose that? So the point is this, Christian, God's will will always be done, therefore, therefore be wise. Choose to obey God. Young ones, learn that. Choose to obey God. Because you can never win. You will only end up in consequences. Alright? So, now, here is Judas. Judas chose to sin. And he died a terrible death. So, ultimately, yes, God is in control. Man is free agent. God's will will always be done. The Bible tells us so. Whichever case this is, God's will will always be done. That the Bible tells us so. Now, some people explain it this way. God's will always being done at any time and men being free agent to freely choose what they want to do. You see both in the Bible. So some explain it is as like the two sides of the same coin. Right? You don't go to someone and say, oh, this is a, a, a $2 coin. And say, you look at one side, oh, this side is $2 coin. The other side, no, nah, I don't recognize this. This is not $2. How can both sides, different picture, but it's still the same $2? You don't do that, right? So this is how some help the Christian to understand. You can never explain in human terms, but you know this is, this is what it is, okay? Now, so with that, I hope I answered that question. God's will, yes, it's always done. Are men, men free agents? Yes, yes, as well. Now, but I want to close with one related point and that is God's providence God's providence all right what is God's providence here God the creator the great creator of all things doth God upholds God directs God disposes and he governs all creatures actions and things from the greatest to the least by his most wise and holy providence now how does God make things makes his will occur he used providence one of it he used providence Means providence means he arranged for things, certain things to happen in a certain way, all right? To put it in, in a simple term, not very accurate, but he providentially get involved and he make things happen. And that is how he gets his will done, okay? That is how he gets his will done. And he's infallible for knowledge, um, his own counsel, uh, to, for his own glory, and he's always, always do it with justice, goodness, and mercy, okay? So, now that is God's providence. Now, as Christians, when they think about God's will, sometimes they say this, well, God controls my life, God makes things happen by providence. Now, then they interpret. Men often claim their choices to be God's will because they want to believe that God providentially brought certain events or circumstances to pass as an indication of His will. You know what I'm saying here, right? So sometimes you tell your child, right? Um, don't 
Now, your child said, Daddy, I, I am going for um, uh, school sports on Sunday. Uh, then you said, no, don't go. Uh, I'm going to watch um, the football on Sunday. Then daddy says, no, you're not going. You know, it's the Lord's Day. We are going to church. It's the Lord's Day. Then the child says, but you know, the church have a, have a, have a lottery draw and I drew out the ticket, all right? And I'm the one who won it. So God's providence. So God wants me to go. Now, very often, boy meets girl as well, right? You say, you know, you know, pastor, you know, daddy, mommy, it's so amazing, you know. I, I prayed that God, you know, the, when I reach school, all right, when I'm in high school, when I reach school, um, the, then it's not a girl that come out of the classroom to say hi. It's a boy. And then that boy comes out and will say, hi, you look nice today. Oh, that is your sign that I will have a boyfriend. And that is the boyfriend. And it really happens. You know, many things happen, you know, when I was working. I was silly. I never understood this thing when I was a young, when I was Christian and never taught this thing. I prayed to God. God, you know, this morning, if so-and-so calls me at my desk, in my, in, my, in my office, then this is the one to, I was trying to decide which one to promote um, to do certain work. Uh, this will be the one that I will promote. And really, the phone rang and the person called me. I said, this is the one. I think that was one of my worst decisions. <laughs> Everything went wrong, right? Now, we sometimes look at situations and then we say, ah, this happened, that happened. And we want certain things. And is it providence? And we say God's will. Now, be careful of that. Be careful of that. Because before you talk about providence, talk about preceptive will. All the known principles, all the known commands in the Bible. If it contradicts any of it, you know that it cannot be God's will. That providence can be Satan's will. Right? Many things um, Satan does in this world to deceive us, to tempt us. So how do you know it's not Satan's will? Very simple. Anything that contradicts God's will, you know that it cannot. No matter how amazing it is, no matter how you say, lucky, coincidental, how, how, however it is, you just know if it breaks God's commandment, it cannot be God providentially leading me into this will. The person is not a believer. No matter how amazing, and it happened 10 times accurately, it cannot be God's will because God makes it clear. Mary only in the Lord, right? Very clearly. So that kind of thing, you apply for a job, right? And wow, all the providence and all that, but the job requires you to work Sundays often. You straight away know, God already says, commandment number four, it's clear. How, why would God send a providence into my life that makes me break His commandment all the time? No, this is from Satan, right? So I hope that you also remember that, all right? So please um, remember that. Now, providence, right? David went up to the rooftop. Then look, the window is open. Ah, Providence. Must be God wants me to look at this woman. Must be God wants me to commit adultery. Cannot be. All right? So I'm just giving you an example. Now the last one. I'm a bit late. The last one is also a puzzling one to Christian. God says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Then how do you explain that? I thought God, God's will is always done. So does God let me have the desires of my heart or not? If it's a desire of my heart, then how can it be that God's will gets done as well? Because what if my will is, my desire and God's desire is opposite? 
So how do you explain this? Last one, quick one, Jonathan. Delight thyself in the Lord is the key. <laughs> when the Christian is genuinely delighting in God, your thoughts, because you delight in God, then your thoughts are very aligned with the Word of God. You delight in God, you will keep studying God's Word. And your thoughts will be changing towards what God delights in. Your delight will begin to match God's delight. That is why God says, He will give you the desires of thine heart because your heart is delighting in God. Alright? So, Christian, if... So, I hope you understand. Yes, can, your, can God give you your delight, your desires? Yes. When it is very aligned to His. That is what will happen. So, that is no contradiction in Scriptures. Alright? Now, with that, we got to end. I hope I answered this question and also make you think of this last thing. Now, disobedience to God's preceptive will, you will choose God's testative will. God's will will always be done. Don't be foolish. You go your own way, you do your own will, you will only end up in consequences. So, the Christians should always desire preceptive will. Now, the last one is comforting to know that God can bring His will to pass even if enemies do wicked things and even men make this. Um, wicked choices. So the Christian with this theology must be comforted in your heart. Whatever your friends do to you in school, God is in control. Whatever people do to you at work, God is in control. God can control the situation and God is in control. It's very comforting. Alright, so God's will will always be done, no matter men's free agency, whatever they do. Let us pray.